As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Once I realized, oh, you can be a doula and you can do all these kinds of births. You can support all of these families. I was like, this is my jam. This is what I want to do. And then it blew out of proportions. I went viral a few times on social media with like posts that hit like 3 million views. And then my page just started to grow and grow. And then now, you know, this is motivation to all of the newer doulas listening to this out there. I am a year and a half in, but I'm fully booked until April, 2024. Getting pregnant and giving birth are two of the most exciting things you can ever hope to experience in this life. The moment you think you could be pregnant, you're frantically searching for all the best information, which is why you're here today. I'm Stephanie King, and with my many years of experience as a professional childbirth educator, doula, and lover of all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, I'm here to make preparing for your birth enjoyable, empowering, and totally easy. Each week, I'll cover different topics, interview professionals, and get into the nitty-gritty birth stories from mamas just like you. And when you're ready for more, you can join me in the My Essential Birth course at myessentialbirth.com, where I take you step-by-step through exactly how to prepare your mind, body, spirit, and partner for a birth you love. So let's get started. It's time. The My Essential Birth postpartum course is here. Whether you're pregnant, just got baby home, or weeks and months into postpartum, this is the course for you. No more wondering what's normal for your body postpartum, if baby's eating or pooping enough, or how to get a good latch. You now have an all-in-one resource where you can click a topic and get the answer. Learn more at myessentialbirth.com forward slash postpartum, and add it onto the My Essential Birth course for even less when you bundle them at checkout. Already in the course? Check your student library and add the course for the same discount. I can't wait to support you on your postpartum journey. Welcome back to this week's podcast. And the reviewer of the week is Murphy MLW. She says, game changer for a first birth. So happy to have found this podcast. I found my essential birth at the end of my first trimester. We had hired a doula very early on and was so grateful to have the resources to be able to do so. However, being a military family, I think my essential birth is awesome for anyone who may not have those resources readily available. And even for those who do. Had we found my essential birth earlier on, we probably would have done both. I found so much comfort in this podcast the last few weeks, currently 38 weeks and ready. Any last minute fears, questions, concerns, or things I hadn't even thought of were addressed in these podcasts. I listen to them on my walks or while driving to work and have tried many podcasts throughout my pregnancy, but only truly enjoyed this one. I love that it is so real, provides non-biased information and personal stories that are so relatable. As someone who enjoys structure and controlled chaos, pregnancy is not bad 
that, and I believe knowledge is power. My NP even said the other day, you know what you're talking about, so I am not worried about you wanting to make your own decisions. Would love to provide an update when my dude arrives and would be happy to share my story on the other side. Thank you so much. Thank you for your review. And I love that quote. You know what you're talking about. So I'm not worried about you making your own decisions. I think that would be the goal for every mom that is listening to like have your provider be like, yep, you know what? These decisions, this is all in your hands. I'm here to like help you navigate if you need it. But that's it. That would be amazing. So congratulations. Um, Looks like you'll be having that baby any day. Honestly, by the time this is read, your baby will be a couple months old. <laughs> so that's really exciting. And congratulations. Um, I'm super excited for today's episode because I have with me Grace. I'm going to let her introduce herself. But I love having doulas on the podcast. And I don't think I've had one for a while. So Grace, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about the work you do, how you got into it, all of that fun stuff. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This is the first podcast I've recorded outside of my own birth story. And I'm so excited to be here now as a doula to share. So my name's Grace. I am a birth and postpartum doula in Edmonton, Alberta in Canada. I became a doula only a year and a half ago, and it has absolutely blown up for me. And it is something that I do full time now. I support families from home births to plant C-sections, epidurals, I do baby wearing education, childbirth education, and truly just have like found my love for this work. And I am so excited to chat with you guys today. Yeah. And thank you for being here. Uh, I want to start with how you got into this work because you said a year and a half. So this is a recent thing for you. What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I truly didn't even know what a doula was until I was 37 weeks pregnant with my son. And I was a younger mom. We were visiting family and uh, she, like, it was my partner's cousin. And she was like, no, I'm going to get you guys a doula. Like, you need a doula for sure. And I was like, oh, okay, like, whatever. I had educated myself. I had listened to podcasts and, like, read in my pregnancy, but I didn't really have that birth support that I really could have like utilized in my pregnancy and somebody to remind me that what I was experiencing was like normal and just have that extra support. So we ended up hiring one when I was 38 weeks pregnant, ended up going to 41 weeks, which totally normal, had a great time being overdue. And then she was a doula trainer as well. So once I was postpartum, after I had my son and my labor was five hours, it was unmedicated. I had a really great experience. She was like, you know, you'd be a really good doula, like the education that you have, the community that you've created, do you want to do training? And I was like, okay, sure. Like I kind of just did it on a whim. I didn't think too much about it. I didn't want to overthink it, I feel like, because I still was six months postpartum. And my biggest goal was like, oh, I don't want to go back to working the job that I was doing before. I would have to be away from my son very frequently and regularly and like unpredictable hours. Even though birth work is like that, still a little (laughs) bit more predictable and you're able to be home. Um, But I did her training. I sat on it for a couple months. Like I really wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with it or how to even navigate it. And then my partner for Christmas made me business cards. He was like, you need to do this. You'd be so amazing at it. You have all the things. Like I was just holding myself back. And so he made me my first business cards. I like went around with my son to every cafe in the city. I put them out everywhere. 
And my first mom that I ended up having a delivery with, I found on a Facebook group. She had posted something. I just like replied and I was like, I'm a doula. I'm willing to work for free. I need to do my certifying first. Like I'd love to connect with you. And so even though he got me those business cards for Christmas, I didn't get my first client until I was four months in. And that was like creating content every day, putting my name out there, going to mom groups, like putting the effort in. I had to grow first and then the families came in. And so I had one birth one month and then she referred me to two of her friends and I had two births the next month. And then I'm the kind of person where I have like no fear of like walking up to people and just chatting. I was a server beforehand. And so it's never kind of faced me. And so I was in West Coast Kids one day and I saw this mom super pregnant and I was like, Hey, do you need a doula? And she's like, Oh, I'm having a home birth. I'd love a doula. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And so (laughs) then I got into the world of home birth because I'd only really known like hospital birth that's the way to go. Didn't really know any different, grew up in a small town. And so once I realized, oh, you can be a doula and you can do all these kinds of births, you can support all of these families. I was like, this is my jam. This is what I want to do. And then it blew out of proportions. I went viral a few times on social media with like posts that hit like 3 million views. And then my page just started to grow and grow. And then now, you know, this is motivation to all of the newer doulas listening to this out there. I am a year and a half in, but I'm fully booked until April, 2024. And this is recorded in September, 2023. So like going into next spring, I have May babies already planned out for me. And I only take on four births per month, which is a full, you know, calendar as a mom entrepreneur wanting to balance birth work. And so it is something you are totally capable of doing. And I, truly did not think I would end up here. Like totally being honest, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Birth work just kind of fell into my lap. That is such a neat story. So with your birth, was that in a hospital setting? You had a doula come join you in a hospital. And were you with an OB or a midwife? OB. I okay. didn't know midwives had existed. Um, well, I knew that they'd existed, but I had that bias of that. They were like, you know, hippies and I had to do all these things. Not that like you can have an amazing hospital delivery water birth with a midwife, which would have been a great option. But I got referred to a basic OB group. Um, I went there. I had what I would like to say, you know, those five minute appointments, it felt like where it was in and out. And so then when it came to birth, I didn't have the conversations I needed to have with my providers beforehand. I kind of was just like, I know what I want. You know, I made this birth plan thing that it like I read it now as a doula and I'm like, okay, we needed that extra step of education to be able to like actually use this document. But when it came to my labor, it was a hospital that was like 30 minutes away. My waters ruptured spontaneously. Like I did the typical pregnant woman, like the when you hop out of bed and you like crunch yourself out and it like movie scene gushed everywhere all over the place. (laughs) And then my contractions started like 10 minutes later and they were three minutes apart, like right after that and were continuous. And so when I arrived to the hospital, because it was still the pandemic time, I puked one time because I ate craft dinner for lunch that day. And if you've ever given birth, you know, 
craft dinner is probably not the best thing to have in your system. (laughs) And so they put me on isolation because they're like, oh, like you might be sick. You might be contagious. I was like, no, like I'm in labor. Everybody pukes in labor. So they actually didn't even let my doula in until 10 minutes before my son was born. They were like, well, we need to check with the charge nurse. We need to call the OB. We need to test you. We need to wait for your swap to come back. My partner had to wear a full shield, N95, the full thing, the booties, the hat. Like It was like a full extra level for absolutely no real reason. But it worked out where I got into my labor and delivery room. And because they were busy, there was 11 babies and three sets of twins born that day. I just wow. locked myself in the bathroom with the shower. And my partner and my doula was texting my partner, you know, just like, keep her calm, keep her chill, keep her by herself. Like, she knew that I had done hypnobirth research in my pregnancy and education and that I very just wanted like the calm, quiet peaceful, dark environment. And so he was able to set that up. She got there, snapped like great pictures. And I got a birth video, postpartum breastfeeding support, and then sent off into the world as a new mom. My goodness. That's crazy. So did, did you end up doing that without medication? Yes. I used nitrous oxide like the last 10 minutes. My doula advocated for me to get some, but otherwise didn't take anything else. Just the shower and breath work was like the really big thing. I practiced all throughout my pregnancy, five minutes a day in the morning, hands on your belly. And then as soon as, so I should have realized this, you know, I didn't have the education or the training to realize this, but the morning I went into labor, I woke up at 4am and I was having contractions like waves, I would say. But because I did the hypnobirth practice, I instantly just sat on my ball and kind of disassociated. Like I drank a cup of tea. I sat in the sun. I didn't even register that they were contractions to the point where I fell back asleep on the couch. And then I just like lived my life throughout my day. So if I had known what to expect in early labor, I would have realized, oh, like things were going to happen. I repacked my hospital bag that day. I washed my baseboards. I cleaned my bed sheets. Like there was so much stuff happening. But I think as well, when your labor is five hours, like when you have the, you know, when I got checked when I was at the hospital, I was already three centimeters. And then the next time I got checked, I was eight. Your mindset goes in like, I can do this. I got this. If I've already done this much so far, I just need to go back to my breath work and let my body do its thing. And yeah, I was very fortunate. I even delivered on my back with a provider, I would say, who was quite handsy, but I did not tear. And that was like perineal massages and breath work as well. That's amazing. So at what point, how many, how many weeks were you when you picked up that doula, when you had a doula for your birth? As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. 38. Okay, that's right. Called the day that I hired her. Oh my goodness. That's nuts. 
That's so cool. Okay. So you have this like tiny experience. I mean, which probably holds like a great weight, obviously. Um, You had mentioned, though, that your doula said you'd be great at this work because of your education and training. Tell me what your education and training was prior to this. Absolutely. So before this, like I have always been around birth. My mom was a labor and delivery nurse. And then now she works in maternal fetal medicine and doing like more, I would say complicated procedures. And so when it came to birth, I also have five younger siblings. And I was the friend in high school where I had a lot of like a few friends who had had babies young as well and like supported them as a friend. And so kids were always my jam. So when I graduated high school, I started to go into nursing work and I ended up working in a long-term care facility with people who have Alzheimer's and um, dementia or like progressive diseases, um, which you would think like, how does that relate to birth work? Well, death work and birth work, they go hand in hand. And that work taught me compassion. It taught me, you know, medicine as well, working with providers, working with doctors, nurses, education, and gave me like, kind of like, I would say a step forward when walking into a hospital, because I felt way more confident and prepared to be in that environment. And then on top of that, I was a nanny for a few years as well to a family that now that I know they were crunchy, like I didn't know at the time, I was like, you guys are so crazy. Like you had a midwife, you had a birth center birth, you're like only (laughs) doing certain things. But I didn't realize that this mom, like she is still so close to me and one of my biggest inspirations because she taught me how to be a good mother and navigate parenting and like do it like a healthier, holistic way. And she implanted into my mind that like, birth is normal. Women don't need medication. You can have a water birth, do all these things. And because I met her when I was 18 as well, like I, she was like, I feel like my first true influence to unmedicated physiological birth. And she also gave me a lot of education over the time that I worked with her. So it was like a mix of my mom teaching me all the medicine things that I've needed to learn over time, then the nannying care, the death work as well. And then going into the pandemic, I also worked in um, some long-term care facilities and doing one-on-one end of life care. And then there was a family there with a girl and she ended up pregnant. And I ended up kind of like talking to her and connecting with her through her whole pregnancy and like pandemic journey and birth journey. And I remember she had mentioned to me that she was thinking about a doula, but I, again, it never clicked into my mind. It was just proof that it had like, you know, these experiences I was going through in life, they were all coming together for this bigger purpose at the very end. Yeah. As I'm listening to you talk about this, it's like, I can totally see just like the hand of God in your life. Like, here you go, you know, head this way. That's so neat. Exactly. It's very, very freaky for lack of a better term. I feel like, (laughs) like sometimes the way that things line up, it's awesome. And it's so cool. And it it gives me a lot of trust in um, the Lord and the universe and everything there to like keep going on my path. Because the spots where I am like even creating these podcasts, and we recently just created a new business to create access to water birth for moms in our community and make it more convenient for them. Like, that is something that I feel like is so cool. And I would have never guessed to be doing at 24 years old. That's amazing. Grace, you're an inspiration. I'm like super glad that you have fallen into or been led into this work and that you're spreading it all over. That's like really, really cool. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about the role 
of a doula, what does that look like for you? Like you attended a couple of births for free. You reached out. What did that feel like those first couple of births where you're like just getting going um, versus like where you're at now and what that looks like for you today? Oh, man, I would say my first couple of births, the anxiety was really up here. Now I am much more prepared. I have systems. I'm organized. I feel confident going into births. But those first few births, I want to say like I I did have rose-colored glasses on. I did not know the battle I was going up against in our medical system and the birth world. I did not know how deeply my passion runs for supporting families and how strong of an advocate I can be for them. Um, And I didn't even know what was going to come next, to be honest, and that I would be here today. And so those first few births, I feel like were just me going in there, trusting the mom, trusting the body, trusting my training to guide me. Um, And I got rocked, to be honest. I had a very, very hard few first deliveries, but they gave me connection. They gave me resources and it proved to me, oh, I have to keep going. I have to keep doing this. There's more that needs to be uncovered. And so I think the role of a doula is what you make of it. I like a doula, the word itself is serving women. We have been serving for so long. I think now it's a little bit more, you know, niched down and people have a general idea, but I my goal is to always show up with open hands and an open heart because I have to work with what people are giving off to me. Some people, they text me like seven times in their pregnancy. We get together, we have a few conversations and then in their birth, they need me to just hold their hands and be quiet and offer them sips of water and guide their partner versus I have some moms where they're like, almost a year postpartum and we still text every day. We talk all the time and we are chatty. (laughs) We provide resources. We hang out together. And so I think the role is like, as a mother, you have to use this person and use what you make of it. And I find that my support is usually like telling them that like, this is normal. Birth and pregnancy brings up different things like mountain over molehill. Let's work through this together and just help them navigate. I think that it's showing them they're capable, teaching them about birth that, again, it's normal. Here's different things you can do. Here's how to prepare. Here's how to thrive in postpartum, like reminding them that they are capable and they're strong and that they have a team. And then when it comes to birth, again, you just show up. And whatever that mom needs, whatever you think of, you do it. And, you know, we don't show up to births and, you know, try and solve problems or change things. You just show up. And if you think that something could be added, like music, essential oil, hip squeezing, combs, hydrotherapy, you offer. If they accept, great. It's a level of coping technique that they can utilize. If not, you step back and you continue to just hold space for them mentally mentally and physically like it. It's truly what you think is best. Like your inner doula intuition will guide you in the moment to how to serve. And there have been moments as a doula I say where I'm like, ooh, like I noticed that the music is now disrupting this mom. So that's when you turn it off. It's all trial and error of learning. And those first few births, they were truly just trial and error. Trial and error of communication with providers, communication with my clients, tips and tricks that I needed to navigate versus now going into these births. Like I feel confident in my families. I'm like, yep, they're prepped. They're ready. They know the vibe. They know how to utilize me. They know their tools. They know their strengths. They know what I'm here for them for. And they are ready to work with their providers not feel like they have to go up against them. 
Yeah, I love that. And I can relate to that. I've kind of shared previously that I'm so glad I didn't charge anything for that first birth because I had at that point I hadn't taken a training. I was a childbirth educator and I let her know all of that. Um, I'm like, I'm just getting my feet wet. I want to see how I feel about it. I want to, you know, stand by you and whatever you're going through. Um, and I expected to have that intuition built in. And it wasn't like I was like so grateful I had just a couple of things, a couple of tools that I could pull from um, because I didn't know exactly what she needed. And I, I it was kind of frustrating. So when you're talking about like doula and intuition, like I think that is something that is a learned skill that it comes over time. And then you really do get to a place where you're like, I know exactly what's happening here. Like the vibe, like you can feel in the room what needs to happen next, what support mom needs, what support dad needs, um, even how to like speak to that particular mom and um, and like after a provider has spoken with her or just in whatever situation she's in. So it's pretty special. Um, even my doula, like you were talking about, like I, uh, my third baby was the only one I had a doula with and that baby was born at home. It was my first home birth. And what I thought I was going to need from her, I don't know. But what the, the most important thing that she like could do for me during that time was to just let me know that I was okay. Like if she wasn't freaking out, then I wasn't freaking out. And if she said it was okay, then it was okay. And the amount of weight that that carried, the importance of that role was profound. Like in such a way that my husband is like, we will, if we ever have birth again, like we'll never do it without a doula. Doula, everybody should have a doula. Like this is the best thing in the world. Um, and that, you know, brought me to birth work as well because I'm like holy cow if I can do this anybody can and I had this experience with this woman like I want to be that experience for someone else so um, doula work is sacred and it is very very special so it's pretty neat it is so special and congratulations on your home birth that is super exciting and amazing (laughs) we're not pregnant right now but somewhere down the line i'm sure another kiddo is in our future and you know right behind me is this big glass marble shower in my last labor i just stood and i swayed and i did breath work and i went back and forth and back and forth and i think there's power in like envisioning and manifesting your next labor and to not fear it like don't run from it i know that home birth it's going to be hard. My labor is probably going to be precipitous. And that like my first labor was five hours start to finish. And so precipitous means like that under three hours for those listening who don't know. So, you know, we never can guarantee. But with that, I want to work on already softening my body and welcoming it in and like envisioning those home births. I was trying to think, who is a person that can do that exact same thing for me? Because I won't need the hip squeezes. I won't need the navigation of the medical system. I just need somebody who makes me feel safe, who says, it's okay. And that to me will be like, oh, it's okay. Like if she's okay, I'm okay. And I had a labor like that recently as well, where the mom made a lot of eye contact with me. And she was like looking at me being like, Grace, like, I don't know if I can do this. And I looked at her and I said, you are doing this and you're going to do it. And she was like, okay. And like, just continue to do it. (laughs) No problem. And so that's where it's kind of cool. Like your role sometimes is flipping positions and talking a lot and doing all these things. But sometimes it's literally just saying, you're okay. You got this. Keep going. Don't forget to soften your jaw and offer them a sip of water or apple juice and repeat that for eight hours. Right. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) It is so true. Um, I know we talked about this a little bit like on our like pre-podcast call, but you talked about um, I wanted to hear and so that other people listening can hear because I know there's a lot of women here listening from Canada um, and we have several in our birth course as well. But what does the medical system in Canada look like regarding birth? And you kind of like talked about this just a touch at the beginning of the podcast, too. But 
there is a system. We we have the same issue in the United States, but what does that look like for you guys in Canada? So I like to refer to Alberta as the Canadian Texas um, because I feel like it is that same vibe. I have created a term, maybe it's out there before, but I like to call it generational birth trauma. And we went through a really, really big gap of medicalized birth in you know the late 90s and so what that looked like for a lot of women was that they arrived to the hospital they got their waters broken they were given a ton of medications you know vacuum forceps a piece everybody got an episiotomy for some reason and then they were left to navigate postpartum given medications to stop breastfeeding and it it has implications on our generation today because mothers know that they can do these things, but our providers and practitioners and systems still kind of sit in that late 90s views, I feel like. We prepare our families to go in and to advocate, to be ready for their wishes for code, with code words. We shouldn't have to do that, but yet we do. And so I find our system is very turnover based, very, very fast, very, you know, you're in, you're out. If you want a standardized birth, you know, you're happy with an induction, you're okay to get an epidural, you aren't super attached to having a vaginal delivery or a cesarean delivery, our system isn't going to do that much to you because that's what it kind of acts on it. I I say all the time, we act on prevention instead of individuality. So instead of, you know, looking at each case individually and being like, yep, we're going to do this for this one. We're going to do this for this one. They just say, oh, we're going to treat everybody the same. Doesn't matter if the outcome changes for those three people. For us, it'll all be the same. And so with navigating that as a doula, it took me a lot of time to be able to get over it and getting over the fact that this system has hurt families, this system has hurt me, and that this system will continue to hurt until we stand up and go up against it. And I don't know what the big solution is to make it, you know, be better for everybody. But I do know that the families that I work with, where I educate them, where I prepare them, and where I'm with them in delivery to help them execute, that's where it makes the biggest of difference. And that's where I also see practitioners changing a little bit. I have gotten recommendations from OBs in the city that I work in at telling like their patients, oh, you should talk to this doula. You should do education with this doula. And that is because I have created a good relationship with them. Even though they work in a system, that does not mean that they're going to be exactly like it. You have to remember that they're a person too and that their goal, you know, again, It depends on the practitioner, but usually their goal is to also take care of the mother and to nourish the connection and just allow it to be a positive experience. And so I go in there as a doula and I, um, you know, some doulas are afraid of practitioners. I am not because again, my mom, I grew up with one my whole entire life. And so I'm like, Hey, how are you? My name is Grace. I'm a birth and postpartum doula. I've known this family for this long. Here's a cool little spiel about them. Our goal today is boom, we go over the care goals document that I've created with this family. You know, this is Paula and Kyle, and they're having a baby boy, and they really want to avoid a C-section, and they're open to an epidural and different pain medications. If she wants to do this for delivery and follow her intuition and do this, but 
if circumstances change, if there is a medical emergency or a problem that we need to solve, we have educated them, we have prepared them, and they know what their options are so that we can all work as a team together. And then once you see or once you work with a practitioner who sees you do that and sees you work as a team, they like to work with you again because they know what to expect and they know that you want to work with them. And so then you build these really great relationships where you have OBs giving you referrals and you walk into a hospital and the nurses say hi to you because they follow you on Instagram and they know you and you know they're nice to you and they want to work with you and they trust you. And then once they trust you, you go into these births and you're given privacy because nurses feel comfortable leaving you with their families. You know that they're, you know, as a doula, I'm going to call them if I need them, but otherwise they can just leave us alone and let us be and let us do our thing. And that is a gift for my clients, I feel like, because for every person you have in your labor room, there is an hour added to your labor. So remember that Mm -hmm. when you're thinking about inviting people. I like that. Um, in Canada, your guys' healthcare is free. Um, at least mm-hmm. when, right, like you don't have to pay out of pocket for healthcare. So when a mom finds out that she's pregnant, what does that look like for her? Is she assigned an OB? Does she get to pick one? What if she wants a midwife? What can she expect? Absolutely. So for my birth in total, we paid for McDonald's in the middle of the night. And that's it. <laughs> That's all like 20 bucks, guys. I went into a hospital. I had a baby. I used nitrous. I did all the things. I saw an OB. We saw NICU even like, and they sent us on our way and all we had to buy was that. And you have to pay for parking sometimes. And that should usually be it. And so you find out you're pregnant. The first thing that you're going to do is apply for midwifery care because it is a weight pool selection. And we do not have enough midwives in um, Canada in general, I feel like, let alone Edmonton and populated areas. And so if you've had a midwife before, or you have really good connections, or you just straight up are lucky, you're going to get accepted into a midwife. But if not, you're going to see your general practitioner, which is just like a family doctor. So you can easily like we have apps here you can go online and you can see a doctor within a few days and they'll send you for blood work all on ultrasound everything like that and again you don't pay a single cent for this the things you would need to buy are like your prenatal vitamins maybe a parking pass for whatever provider you end up seeing to go visit them but otherwise once you get accepted into midwifery care you'll see your midwife for the rest of your pregnancy. If you choose obstetrical care or you don't get accepted into a midwife, you're going to see your family doctor usually until about 20 weeks because truly like there's not much happening from that zero to 20 week unless you need a high risk specialist or an OB or you have had a hard pregnancy before, then they'll refer you out. But otherwise, it's a nuchal translucency ultrasound at 12 weeks, your anatomy scan between 18 to 22 weeks, and then you get referred to an OB. And so you can request an OB, you are able to pick and choose, you're able to choose your hospital, but then you have to have researched the OB, you have to know that they have availability, you have to go see your practitioner because usually the GPs will just, you know, send you out to whoever they know. They're like, oh yeah, you live on the West side. We're going to send you to the West side hospital. Oh, you're in the North. I work with this doctor out of the North. Here you go. And so you kind of just get like whoever is available. Like with my case, they asked me, do you want to deliver at the West side hospital or this Northwest side hospital? And I asked my mom because she has worked in them. And I was like, what did you think? And she's like, oh, go the Northwest. They have a new NICU. They have East side Mario's beside them. So you can get really good food. Like, you know, that was my reasoning for selecting a hospital, only those two things. And so now as a doula, I'm like, 
oh, okay, let's do some more research into this. So my goal next time is a home birth. I would like to avoid medical interventions. I'd love to have a water birth and do all that thing. So for me, the setup looks like find a midwife, you know, rent a birth pools, which this, that's the business we just launched. Get your husband set up, get your doula. If you have other kiddos, get that situation set up and you're good to go. Like home birth setup is less than 150 bucks, truly. Like simple as that. With hospital birth, I would always recommend having a doula, especially in our city. There is a doula for everybody out there. You just have to find them. And then you go into it and um, you never know what to expect. That's the crazy thing with hospital births. Like you can try and plan this beautiful physiological birth, but then you go for an ultrasound at 36 weeks and then suddenly you're being coerced into an induction at 38 weeks, which throws you haywire. Like it's very important for you to do your education with that obstetrical system and hospital birth because there's such a variety with it. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense for the home births. So are those midwives do your midwives practice they you can choose if you're going to use that midwife in a hospital or home birth it kind of depends on the midwife themselves so once you get selected like all of our midwives here we have some birth keepers but all of our midwives are regulated midwives and they all work in teams so there's either like two of them six of them or eight of them and so you have a primary midwife that you'll see first and you're able to select you know out of all of the options of the ones in the city. But if somebody accepts you, you're going to just take it because it's slim chances of getting accepted sometimes. Like, especially if you're having a baby in the summertime, that is so hard to get a midwife. Like the moment you pee on a stick, you have to apply or somehow get in connection with one. And so when it comes to navigating home birth, once you go into labor, that one midwife is going to come. They're going to check on you. They handle all the medical things, all the vitals anything like that. And then once we hit that like transition-y stage, pushing stage, they then call a backup midwife. And that may be the second person on their team. It could be somebody out of the larger collective that they work with, but that is your baby midwife. So in the delivery, you have a midwife who's there for mom. If mom needs any help, they are trained, they are ready, they are prepped, they have all the equipment that the hospital would have to help you in that emergency scenario. And then you have your backup midwife, your baby midwife. So if baby needs any help or any support, somebody is there, they're able to navigate and help. And then another midwife's there for mom if needed. So you're not ever put in a situation where you know you need four hands and you only have two. The teams are so prepped. They're so ready. They show up with like six giant hockey bags of equipment and they set up your whole entire dinner table full of stuff in case of an emergency situation. So they are truly like I think the best option for connected care, if you want like a personalized one-on-one beautiful experience in your home or in a birth center or having a water birth at um, our community hospital, the Royal Alexander, the lowest hole, it's a hospital for women. You can have a water birth with a midwife there with a birth pool. And once women realize this, they really have adapted to that. I have a lot of births like that because yes, there is peace of mind of having that hospital there if you need it or want it or have to utilize it for any reason. But then you can still attempt, plan and execute that physiological water birth while in the environment. And the best part of midwifery, if you're good and baby's good after birth, 
you guys get to go home. There is no postpartum stay because it's shared rooms here. So you and another family are sharing a bathroom, navigating that first 48 hours postpartum together with a curtain in between you guys. With midwifery, you go home like three to four hours after. You're back in your own bed. We tuck you in. You're all good to go with your baby. And uh, you get to skip that whole little chaotic postpartum experience. So is it the same for women in Canada as it is in the U.S. where you have a baby um, since these are the same midwives that would be in hospital or at home? We don't see anybody for the first six weeks. Do these midwives or even OBs just out of curiosity, do they check in with these women prior to six weeks? And what does that look like? Or do you find that that's a gap that you're filling as well? Oh, the American moms who are going to listen to this are going to be so sad to hear this. But guess what? Midwives do home visits for the first two weeks postpartum. So your two days postpartum, one day postpartum, they come to your house, they weigh baby, they do all the checks, they check on you. There is no leaving your house for that little bit postpartum having to go to a clinic or do anything. Because that is a huge gap that I see. And that was a motivation for me to become a doula as well, because that's where I got failed. I had an extremely hard postpartum with my son navigating breastfeeding because of tongue, lip and cheek ties. And And so with that, like my first appointment that I saw with my doctor was a week was like, oh yeah, you look good. Baby looks good. They don't have any ties. They did. Oh, well, breastfeeding's hard. You can get a nipple shield. Here's a referral to a breastfeeding clinic that I didn't get in for for six weeks. Breastfeeding is like, you know, I you have to take it day by day in that first little bit postpartum. And our healthcare system is just like, nope, like you can wait your typical four to six weeks for an appointment. But midwifery care, they're in your home. They're helping you out. They have referrals, same with doulas, but to private lactation consultants who also come to your home. And so the care gap is huge because like I've had one mom where she had a C-section where we had some lasting effects after. She got one visit when she was six weeks she said it was 10 minutes and that they didn't even help her address her problems. But the referrals that I got her to pelvic floor physio, chiropractic, regular physiotherapy, and then postpartum mental health support, that took us way farther. That's awesome. Yeah. Doulas are a wealth of information, especially for your local community. And that's you do fill a, a massive gap. So it's it's an incredible thing. Do you find um, that there's any challenges that you face as a doula kind of working through that system? Like when you're referring to um, chiropractors or other care professionals, is there any pushback from anywhere? And are these people uh, it sounds like they're are they part of your healthcare system? Or are these private practice? These are private practice. But let me say that these, these People, the chiropractors, the acupuncturists, the lactation consultants that I work with, they are my ride or dies. They are my community. Like it feels like there is the community that I have created and that I have found with birth work with chiros and physios and naturopaths and holistic care practitioners. And then there's our medical system. They don't intervene very often because I straight up, like I tell my pregnant moms, like, oh, you're having like back and hip pain or your baby's gassy. Go to chiropractic. Here's the ones that I trust who are able to care for you at this stage. And I've had practitioners come back and be like, oh, like chiropractic at the end of your pregnancy or for your newborn like what are you thinking but then they take their kids and it works and so we have a referral system in our community that I love where we take care of each other to the point where my moms will be in labor and they'll say hey Grace can you text my text the acupuncturist or my wax lady or my physio and say hey I'm in labor 
and I'm able to do that. I fire off a text at 2.30 in the morning. Hey, like she's not going to be able to make it for her Cairo appointment tomorrow. She's having her baby. And what that does is like, it like ignites this fire of excitement because everybody in the community is hyping these moms up when they have their babies. My, like I have such a great community of women that I work with that I'm so blessed for. Like, I don't even know how to describe it, but to know that like all my moms have an acupuncturist that takes care of them to have a chiropractor that they can trust with aches and pains to be able to re- like access mental health therapy or private lactation consultants when they're two days postpartum and they're actually good people. They're people who are going to care about you. They're people who are going to follow up with you. They're people who are going to love your baby. Like it's their own. Like that to me is creating connected care. That's long-term birth work to help nourish these mothers in the biggest transition of their life. And so I think that it's something that I feel like I've created. You know, it's been around for other doulas and they do this as well. But it, I feel like it's really become big in that time where I became a doula. And I feel like I changed our local doula community a little bit, maybe to push them to do things a little bit differently, to get out there, to advocate, to, you know, encourage change. And because of that, I've watched the impacts of the mothers and also watching the amount of new doulas come through the door that are inspired by me and now changing other mothers' lives and like the little impact from there. Like that's where I feel like maybe I'm truly putting in that work against the system because I think it's more than just me who's been putting in work now. I feel like in a sense, I have inspired other women to do the same, to change it and to step out of that basic boundary of birth and take their power back. Yeah, it sounds like you have. And what I love about doulas and specifically what you're talking about with care is you're able to bridge that gap. Like you are the bridge between the system and everything else. And so when mothers are reaching out to you or you're able to have conversations with them about their care, they don't have to feel crazy for asking certain questions that the OBs or that medical system might say, like, why are you doing that? Like you mentioned the chiropractic care, like that's not going to work. And they go home thinking, oh, shoot, like, you know, maybe it's not having somebody to talk to that's like, actually, it does. And there's a great person here. And I have, you know, all of this experience with it. And why don't you give it a try? Just to know you're not crazy, I think is a big thing. But then having somebody that is like so resourceful and building that community for women so that they feel safe in every direction is, I mean, it's huge. It's everything. It's all that I want. And like that, I again, that's my motivation was I was that young mom who went through the system with your very typical five minute appointments, no information, no resources. You know, they're like, you're fine. Baby's good. They're good. Like the first time I got asked, what kind of birth do you want to have? was when I was planning my induction with a new provider that I had never met before. And then to her, like, she was still amazing, though. And she was the doctor that I really wanted to have for delivery, because she listened to me. She went through my care goals, she was happy to let me do, you know, what I had researched on my pregnancy and wanted to do. Was it the practitioner I ended up having at delivery? Unfortunately, not. But that's where I realized, okay, like, that's where I think some families get failed as well is that they see one provider their whole entire pregnancy and our healthcare system works in an on-call system where you can't ever guarantee that that doctor is going to be there versus with midwifery care, you know that your midwife's going to be there or that again, another trusted, like-minded, trained individual that's similar and probably wants the same thing as you is going to be versus where I've had clients where you know, they meet this one doctor their whole entire pregnancy, they plan this whole beautiful thing. And then three weeks before they're like, Oh, yeah, just so you know, I'm going to Maui at the like when you're due. <laughs> right. So 
You'll just have whoever's there. I'm not even joking. That was a real story. And then my poor little anxious mom has this whole freak out of now I have to meet a new doctor who doesn't know my wishes, doesn't know me, doesn't know my partner, doesn't know my doula. Like, you know, having to navigate that all is stress that they don't need at the end of their pregnancy. And so a doula really mends that gap. It gives them the guarantee of, yes, this person who I know, who knows my wishes, knows my husband, knows our vibe, knows our baby is going to be at our birth and to help us have those hard conversations in case we end up with a practitioner that we have never seen before. Yeah. It, yeah, it's such a good thing that you are doing. Doulas are so important and so needed. I'm just going to assume out loud that at some point you're going to be a midwife. I'm just throwing that out there, Grace, <laughs> because I see, I just see it in you and I yeah. feel the passion and I'm like, that only leads one place in my opinion. But um, okay, for women that are listening, as far as like specifically Canadian women, I want to speak to them for a moment or have you speak to them. If they are looking to have a low inter- intervention um, like unmedicated experience, because I find that a lot. What does what does that look like for them? What what's the best advice you would have for someone in that situation? No, you're capable. You just got to re- find the right team and learn how to use your power. The first step is reading like research and books from the book. Why did no one tell me this? Like that's a great resource for first time parents that is off Amazon. Um, Nurture as well, which is like a pregnancy. I think nurture is a little bit more crunchy, but it's a journal as well. So it takes you through and like just normalize birth and the process and the fact that it's going to happen to you and that you're capable. And then from there, you hire a doula to be on your team, especially if you're a first time parent, and not even for you, but for your partner, because they need it. Trust me, they need that extra little bit of handholding and guidance and education and preparation. And childbirth education that is like the most crucial thing that you can do. It is not going to be a waste of money to spend a good chunk on childbirth education for you both, not just you, your partner, because you are going to be moaning and growling and breathing. You don't have time to explain that you would prefer not to have an IV unless it's absolutely needed, but your partner can say that. Your doula can point to your care goals and ask you a question, you know, hey, you said you wanted to avoid IV fluids unless it's absolutely necessary or you're needing Pitocin. Is this still true? All you have to say is yes or no. But we set you up for success with that childbirth education. And that's your education for life. When you are giving your future mom friends or your future daughters advice on having their babies, be right. Don't be one of those aunties that we have nowadays who's telling us random birth stuff. Well, I had to do it this way or it had to go there. No. Set your own stride. Do your own education. Create your own positive little headspace bubble and then continue it into your care. So when you go into that hospital, do not just throw all those layers away. Do not just toss down your walls and say, you know, I'll just welcome in whatever happens. Stand your ground. And sometimes that means having to push yourself. But this is your journey from maiden to mother. It's going to take passion. And so use your partner, use your doula, and then use your voice to make sure you get there. You might end up with an amazing nurse and an amazing team, or you might not. So prepare yourself and prepare your partner for both because it like usually, you know, you're low intervention, you're having a positive experience until you're not until something changes. And it's not a, it's not a couple days where you have time to think about it and you have time to navigate it. It's you have an hour 
and you need to decide. And those choices are going to feel big and they're going to feel heavy. And if you don't know what your doctor is talking about, what your nurses are talking about, what your options are, or have somebody there to help you navigate those, that is where birth trauma can get created. And that is a whole big conversation we can have and the effects that it has on women and families in postpartum. But the biggest thing in trauma prevention is education, getting that knowledge, and then being able to implement it into the moment. And again, I'll root back. Your partner needs to know it too because he or she is going to be doing some advocating and speaking for you. And so if they don't know what they're talking about, if they just go in there blind, you know, oh, I'm just going to trust the practitioners and everything they say and go with it, but you don't want to and your goals were different, you guys are going to butt heads and there's no time to do that when you're having a baby. We need everybody on the same page. Yeah, I I absolutely love that advice. I think too, you brought up a really good point. Um, It is really important, even moms that are looking for hiring a doula to not like, I'm going to hire a doula so I can have this kind of birth. It's like you had talked about the education as part of that. That doula can work and tell you all the things and they're going to be incredible and do all, you still have a lot of work that needs to be done on your part in the way of education and practicing relaxation and whatever else. And sometimes the doula is super educated and going to be able to give you all that education. It's almost never going to be as clean and pretty and clear as a really detailed in-depth birth course where a doula becomes part of that support process um, like melded together, right? Like you've done the education and all of that stuff. And now your doula is there to make sure that all those things happen, support you. You're both speaking the same language, just like you had said with like being able to understand what your providers are saying and things. I think that's just extremely important for women to hear and to know. So thank you for sharing that. That was great. Absolutely. And even with having a doula and doing all the things and the education and the prep, you can still have a C-section. You can still have birth trauma. You can still have a hard birth. As a doula, I had those rose-colored glasses at the start of being like, you know, every birth that I'm going to go in is going to be positive, beautiful, you know, easy peasy. And then I realized, no, every birth is going to have hurdles you know, molehill over mountain. I remind myself that a lot. And Jen Hamilton, who is um, a labor and delivery nurse on TikTok and Instagram, she posted this thing about a blueprint like a a month ago and an analogy on it. And it has stuck in my mind ever since. And I kind of applied it to life where it's like, we're building a house. So we're building a birth and we have all these plants and we've hired contractors and, you know, painters and roofers and all these things. And we've discussed our plans with them. We've prepped them. And then we're going over our blueprint and randomly one day a hose or a pipe explodes and it starts leaking or something gets broken. We're still going to continue on with our blueprint, but we're going to troubleshoot. We're going to get a different pipe. We're going to buy something else. Maybe we're going to hire a different person to help us or switch the plan, but we're still keeping our blueprint, our basic care goals. And so that even if things go haywire and change it, the level of care you're receiving stays the same. Because I've had births where we've done all this stuff and we can't control that, you know, maybe a little baby's in there wrapped up in their umbilical cord, or maybe they're asynclitic and they're struggling to come down. There are very valid moments where C-sections and interventions are helpful. So teaching my families that we use those as tools on our blueprint to help us build our house, not this is an end-all, be-all, you know, 
big deal really helps them with their headspace because they know that they can trust me. And in the moment, I'm like, yes, these are valid. These are needed. Listen to your baby's heart rate. Think about where they are. Listen to your intuition. What's it saying to you? Okay, now let's use this tool to help us to give us our big final house, aka our sweet little baby on our chest. Don't let it derail you. Just see it as a tactical tool to help you. Yeah, I love that. Okay, before we leave, I want you to be able to tell everybody where listeners can find you. And you guys, if you were listening here today, any books or any person that was mentioned, those will be linked below as well. But if you want to connect with Grace and you want to follow her on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and check out her website, or if you're local to her and you want her to hire her starting in May for 2024, right? Um, uh, Where are all the places that they can find you? Absolutely. So my Instagram is graceful birth doula yeg. It's yeg. So graceful birth yeg. And then my website is just graceful birth doula.ca. You can always reach out to me through Instagram DMs. I do virtual planning sessions. I do new doula mentoring, virtual baby wearing sessions as well. And then we also have a new business, which is graceful birth pools. And their Instagram is just graceful birth pools. And we will be selling white birth pools for Canadian moms to have home births or hospital water births in, but also providing rentals to our local communities to make it convenient and easy for our families to have water births. That's awesome. So you can have people can bring in their own birth pools to the hospital and they allow that in Canada. Oh, that is so cool. That's the only way. That's the only way we don't have in our hospitals. Well, I'm like, some of them do. But as well as it sounds where I live, they're only for the Amish or the Hutterites. Um, like they have specific midwives and they're allowed to use the pools, but obstetrical care doesn't do water deliveries here. It's only midwifery. And you are in charge of buying, bringing all the tools, all the supplies, all the pumps, the waters, the hoses, like everything for it. And so that's where as a doula, it ended up being me who does most of the work when these families are giving birth. And so I'm like, okay, like I want to make this as convenient, as easy, as beautiful and tactile as possible. And so that's where Graceful Birth Schools came from. That's so exciting. Grace, you're amazing. Thank you so much for your time today, for your knowledge, for your energy. Um, I know you're going to serve many people. So that's incredible. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. I enjoyed being here. And if again, anyone ever wants to reach out to me to chat anything, just send me a DM. I would love to support you. If you loved what you heard today, the very best way to support this podcast and help other moms to find it is to leave a quick review. I read one at the beginning of the episodes and I would love for yours to be next. And if you're ready for even more pregnancy, birth and postpartum goodness, Come join me in the My Essential Birth course at myessentialbirth.com, where I will hold your hand and walk you through pregnancy and birth step-by-step so you're totally prepared for a birth you'll love. See you next week.